Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. How many of you are ready for the Word of God this morning? Come on, let me try that one more time. This side of the room is ready. This side of the room is still waking up. How many of you are ready for the Word of God this morning? Amen. Amen. I'm going to challenge you. Take really good notes this morning, whether that's on the online version that you can get through the version app or our church app, or you got the paper copy as you walked in the door. I want to challenge you. Take really good notes. We're going to be wrapping up a series on the book of Philippians this morning. We've taken about three weeks to cram four chapters. Honestly, a book of the Bible, one of my favorite books of the Bible. Uh, I got about 66 favorite books, and that's one of them. Um, And as we looked at this book and we processed it through it, we realized that we have an opportunity of how we choose to live our lives. Did you know that? You have an opportunity of how you are going to respond to the circumstances and the situations around you. We discovered that real joy, true joy, is contagious. We understand that that joy is a choice that we have to make. I'm going to challenge you, really pay attention this morning. Those of you that are watching online, don't get distracted by the the craziness of social media right now. Just pause for a few moments and really let God begin to speak into your life today. Because I believe in this season of craziness, in this season of chaos, I believe that God wants to speak into every one of us. Because what we see happening in today's culture is we see kind of this roller coaster of emotion. Come on, have you been there before? It's exhausting. It's tiring. We have this kind of thing going on. Regardless of what's happening around, we dive into that chaos. We dive into the, the joy and then the sorrow, the, the excitement, and then the, and then the despair and all these things back and forth. And one moment here, one moment there. And we really don't know where to settle in. It's just kind of this thing going on and on and on. And God says, that's not how I've created you to live. He says, I've, I've created you to Choose joy. How do I know that? Well, we're going to get to that this morning. So buckle up, get ready, and let God begin to speak into your life. Let me set the groundwork by saying this. The attitude that you choose and the relationships that you build can and ultimately will directly affect the influence that you have on the world around you. Agree or disagree? Agree. Like one person agrees. Thank you, Tiffany. I, I appreciate that. Now look, look at this, guys. The attitude that you choose, it will affect the relationships that you have. It will reflect the influence that you have on the culture that you are involved in, the culture that you, you, you're in. See, we have a responsibility as a Christian to set the environment. That's, that's a lot of pressure, right? But the cool thing is we don't have to set that environment on our own. The joy that we're choosing to step into is not a, a man-made created joy. It's not a joy that I can develop on my own. It's not a joy that I can muster up in my own thoughts, my own self-encouragement. No, 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 no. It's a joy that's found in the Lord and the Lord alone. 
And when we begin to rest in that joy, when we begin to rest into the presence of God Almighty, in the presence of God, the Bible says there's fullness of joy. When we begin to rest in that, suddenly that attitude begins to develop on the inside of who we are that it can't help but to overflow into the culture around us. And suddenly those coworkers begin to look at us and they say, I don't know what changed in your life. I don't know what's going on, but something's different. Something's happening on the inside. You're not like you used to be. You're not the same person you once were. But suddenly there's a new joy that's on the inside of you and that's your opportunity to say let me tell you what Jesus has done but understand this we're not talking about a a fairy tale happiness you see the word happiness it evokes this thought of presence on Christmas morning This idea of walking along the beach holding hands with the one you love with the sand flowing between your toes or sitting back on a fall crisp morning with a cup of coffee sitting on the porch. It brings about this idea of getting that financial bonus that you've been waiting for and you've been excited about. We all want to be happy. It's inevitable. It's one of the things that we desire. We long to be happy. And in fact, oftentimes we'll go to any extent possible to achieve real happiness. But let me ask this. What happens when the toys begin to rust? What happens when the loved one passes away? When the party is over? Now where do we turn? See, oftentimes, happiness flees and despair sets in. But I'm here to tell you today, in contrast to happiness, stands joy. It's running deeper. It's running stronger. Joy is that quiet, um, confident, that assurance in God and his love and the work that he has in our lives. That he will be there no matter what. Therefore, as we walk and step with the Spirit of God on a regular basis, even in the midst of chaos. It's vital that we choose to step into this realm of joy. This series is titled, Choose Joy. And today I've titled the message, True Joy is Possible. It is possible Now, we can become overwhelmed by what's happening around us. We can fluctuate up and down and according to what's happening in society around us, suddenly finding ourselves on this roller coaster of emotion, this inner struggle. But listen carefully today. That's not what God has designed for your life. You have a choice. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, you have a choice. If you're watching online, put it in the chat right now. You have a choice, exclamation point. You have a choice of how you are going to respond to the pressures, to the chaos, to the struggles around you. You can either be a thermostat or a thermometer. Let me explain. A thermostat regulates the surroundings and makes changes as they are needed. Or you can be a thermometer. A thermometer doesn't change anything. 
It simply registers the current temperature. It, it tells us, is it hot, is it cold? Is it up, is it down? What kind of day is today going to be? Have you ever met that person that you never know which one you're going to meet? Come on, if you haven't met them, it might be you. Come on, they come into work, you're like, what day is this going to be? Is this going to be the top of the ride moment, or is this going to be the valley moment? You have a conversation, and suddenly they go, whoa, way down. I'm going to challenge you today. Don't revert into this mindset of becoming a thermometer, simply regulating or simply identifying the highs and the lows, but become a thermostat, regulating the change in the culture around you. Paul, he was a thermostat. Instead of having spiritual ups and spiritual downs, emotional highs and emotional lows, depending on what situations were around him, he went right on steadily doing his work in serving Christ. He tells us this at the end of the letter. He says, I'm not a victim of circumstance, but I'm a victor over circumstance. I'm not a victim of, but I'm a victor over. Huge difference. How often do we find ourselves the victim, or at least we, we identify as the victim? I mean, that's what culture tries to make you, right? Come on, you guys must be living in a different community than I am. Man, everything I see outside these walls says, you're the victim. Everything's up against you. Everything wants you to fail. Everything wants you to struggle. But Paul says, I'm not a victim of the circumstances around me. I'm a victor over the circumstances. I'm a more than a conqueror. Why? Because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary. Paul says, I can accept all things in Philippians 4.11. I can do all things in Philippians 4.13. And I have all things in Philippians 4.18. It's all based on the attitude that we choose to possess. Listen carefully. I understand that circumstances cause pressure on our lives. I understand that it affects us on a regular daily basis. But we cannot allow the outward pressure to define the inward life that Jesus has set in motion. Come on, that wouldn't have been a great place for a good Pentecostal Assemblies of God. Amen. Let, let me say this again. We cannot allow the outward pressure to define the inward life that Christ has set in motion. But the Bible says that when we give our lives to Jesus, when we surrender ourselves to him, then we're no longer the same. We've been grafted into a new family, the family of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the family of the one who's conquered it all, the family who the one who holds the world in his hand, who sustains all of existence. That's what we're grafted into. I challenge you today. Choose wisely. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, always be full of joy. How is that possible? Because the verse doesn't stop there. 
It doesn't say be full of joy. It says be full of joy in the Lord. Big difference. When we begin to rest in the joy of Jesus Christ, when we begin to rest in the joy that he has set in our lives, no longer are we going to have this thing going on, but now we're resting in the joy of the Lord, and we see this occurring. It's not flatlining. Come on, flatlining, you're dead, right? That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this continual incline. It's not this, but it's resting in the Lord. It's this incline of hope, this incline of joy, this incline of future in the presence of God Almighty. But here's the deal. It's your choice of how you will respond and what life you will choose. I'll be completely honest. It's not always easy. Again, there are pressures they're pressing up against us. They're testing us over and over again. But it's not our joy. It's joy in the Lord. That's what's offered to us, a daily choice. Paul says it this way in chapter 3, verse 12. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved all these things or that I've already reached perfection. John, uh, Paul here, he's saying, man, I haven't figured all of this out because some of us, we look at guys like Paul, and we think, man, I can't live up to that. I mean, look at who, he's Paul. I can't, he's the guy that, that, that God, like, shined a light down on as he's walking on the road to Damascus and blind. I didn't have that kind of moment. I'm not Paul. But here Paul says, listen, I don't have this figured out. I haven't achieved all of this. But he goes on to say this, but I press on. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press on. I have determination. I'm intentional to achieve that joy. I'm intentional to walk in consistency. I'm intentional to walk the path that Jesus has set for my life. I don't have it figured out. But one day at a time, I'm going to move one step closer. You see, your goal in life should be each day you're moving closer and closer and closer to who God has you to be. Man, if you suddenly go, I'm going to move from here to over here in 24-hour span, guess what? You're not going to make it because the enemy along the way is going, look, you can't achieve that. But your goal has to be one step at a time. I'm moving closer and closer to God has me. I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing a life that follows after who God has me to be. I want to share with you three truths today of joy. Number one, true joy is found in God alone. There's no plan B. There's no substitute. There's no alternative situation. It's not a choose-your-own-adventure book. Some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. They were the best books ever as a kid. You found the shortest ending, and that's the one you read. <laughs> Maybe that was just me. All right. True joy is found in God alone. Second Peter says this, 
by his divine power, God has given us everything we need. Look at your neighbor, say everything. He has given you the supply. He has put in your ability, in your reservoir, in your spiritual tool bag, everything you need for living a godly life. And then look at Philippians 4, 19. And this same God who takes care of me, Paul says, will supply all your needs. He'll give you joy when you need joy. He'll give you hope when you need hope. He'll give you love when you need love. He'll give you mercy when you need mercy. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He never fails. He is always there. This joy, it's a, it's a free gift from God, but like any gift, it has to be received and owned. But here's the problem. We have personalized happiness, and we've bypassed real joy. What do I mean by that? We have somehow created this false idea of how I can obtain happiness. And we set to the side this joy of the Lord. Oh, now when we come to church on a Sunday morning, everything changes. Oh, praise God, glory, hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for being here. We put that, that spiritual smile on. But the rest of the week, what do we do? We put it aside and we try to do it on our own. We created these misconceptions in life. Take a look at this. I want to share with you just a couple of misconceptions. Number one, we say things like this. I must have what others have. If I can just have what they have, if I can just get what they get, if I can just have everything like they have everything, then I'll have happiness in my life. Then everything will be great. It's the accumulation of more and more stuff. But Philippians chapter 3 says this, yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Jesus and become one with him. Can I just tell you, having what everyone else has should not be our life goal but our goal, real joy, is found not in the stuff that everyone has. And come on, we're, we're entering the season, season where stuff becomes prominent. I mean, it's Black Friday, it's Cyber Monday, it's Technology Tuesday, it's Wild Sale Wednesday, it's... You know what I'm saying? I mean, everything keeps going and going and going. But the question is... Are we making our relationship with Jesus our first priority? Is it the number one goal? Because true joy is not found in achieving it and gaining what everyone else has. The next misconception is this. Well, if I'm going to be happy, if I'm going to have joy, then I must be liked by everybody. <laughs> Can I just tell you, that's not possible. You're going to make somebody mad at some point in time. Somebody is going to disagree with you. Ready for this? There are people that have disagreed with me. I know. How is that possible? That's the strangest thing ever. No, it's absolutely impossible. In fact, I heard somebody say one time, if you want to please everybody, don't be a pastor. Sell ice cream. But then I realized there's so many flavors out there that somebody's going to be mad that I don't have their flavor. 
So I'm just going to stick with pastoring. We're just going to hang out here in this place. Now, if Jesus could not please everybody, then why do we think we can? If not everybody liked Jesus, why do we think everybody's going to like us? It's not going to happen. In fact, the Bible, here's some encouraging words for you. The the Bible says that that people are going to hate you because of him. You might as well get going. Somebody's going to dislike you. Number three, third misconception, I must have more. Someone once asked Howard Hughes, how much money does it take for a man to be happy? And here was his response, just a little bit more. If I can just have a little bit more money, if I can just have a little bit more in the bank, if I can just have a little bit bigger paycheck, then man, everything's gonna be great. But did you know that as your income goes up, so do your expenses? And as your expenses go up, so do your stresses, right? The possession of more is not necessarily the answer. The problem is we fail to realize what Christ wants to do with what we have. We fail to understand that, that he is the owner. We're just the manager. In fact, the Bible says this in Psalm 32, I will guide you, God's talking here. He says, I will guide you along the best pathways for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. I'm gonna challenge you. As you step into this place of joy in the Lord, Open your heart and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, what are the conversations you want me to have? Lord, give me opportunities to represent you. Lord, lead and guide my family. I put everything under your control right now. And God, I just want to be obedient to you. Our first truth True joy is found in God alone. The second truth is this. True joy is available when applied. True joy is available when applied. Look at Philippians 4, 8, and 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then God, the God of peace, will be with you. Come on, did you see this? Did you see the application steps that happen in just two verses? Number one, he says, fix your thoughts. How do you know sometimes our thoughts are broken? Sometimes we've allowed too much junk We've allowed garbage, we've allowed voices, we've allowed people to speak into our situations that have caused cracks and damage to our thoughts. And here Paul says, fix your thoughts on what is true. Come on, every opinion you get is not going to be true. Come on, sometimes that opinion is just going to be a little pat on the back and it's not really what you need to hear. What is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Then he says, think about things that are excellent. 
What are you thinking about? What are you allowing to consume your mind? What are you allowing to consume your day? What are you allowing to take you from here to here and back to here? What do you need to do to get to this steady incline with the Lord? And he says, keep putting into practice. He's assuming here you've already started. Keep putting into practice what you know to be right, what you've seen occur, what you've read in the word of God. And then he gives you the end all. He says, then the God of peace will be with you. Then God will step in on your behalf. You see, to establish real joy in your life, it's going to require a change in the way you think. Joy is going to begin on the inside, not because everything on the outside lines up just right, but because you've changed the environments, you've changed the place where you reside. I'm told that your mind has the ability of storing over 100 trillion thoughts. And you have the privilege, the honor, to freely choose what you think about. I wonder today, what are you going to allow to consume your life? See, what some people think about, what some people allow to enter into their lives, no wonder they have this. Many people, including Christians, were totally incon- um, indiscri- indiscriminate. That's the word I've got typed here. Indiscriminate. We're totally indiscriminate about what we allow into our minds. All sorts of garbage, reading materials, movies, songs that are unhealthy, these things penetrating our lives. We let the wrong crowd, the wrong people speak into our hearts. Then we wonder why we've entered into this land of discouragement and despair. Listen carefully. Somebody needs to write this down. What you allow to captivate your mind will soon define who you are. Come on. What you allow to captivate your mind will soon define who you are. Are you going to set your mind upon the things of God? Are you going to set your mind upon that which is true? Are you going to focus upon what is pure and lovely That which is worthy of praise? Are you going to seek his kingdom above all else and follow the plan that he lays before you? After all, Psalm 16 says this, you, O God, make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. If we already know where joy resides, why do we try to create it on our own out here? Why don't we step into the presence of God? Why don't we surrender to him? Why don't we turn it over to him? Why don't we rest in him today? In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Finally, our third truth is this. True joy requires action. And it cost Jesus everything. True joy requires action. It costs Jesus everything. Philippians 4 says this, I know how to live, Paul is writing, on almost nothing and with everything. I have learned, say learned. learned. Come on, we'll come back to that word in a moment. I've learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me 
strength. When Paul is writing these words, he's an old man, he's lonely, he's sitting in a Roman prison, he's away from his family, yet he continually says, I can handle this, it's no problem, I can cope. In essence, he says, no matter what I'm going through, I'm not the victim I'm going to choose not to be the victim. He says, no matter what people do to me, they are not going to control my life. Wow. That's a different way to look at it, isn't it? Oftentimes, you make me so mad. Man, you really whatever. We allow people to dictate where we are. And Paul says, no matter what happens, no matter what I go through, no matter what people do, they are not going to control my life. No matter the hurt, no matter the experience, no matter the difficulty I go through, I have every reason to be upset. I have every reason to have this going on, but I'm not going to be victimized. I'm going to be independent of the circumstances. That's where we find real freedom. When you can say, I'm not controlled by the circumstance, that the exterior things, they're not going to manipulate me, that's when you begin to step into real joy. Maybe you've said this before, well, I'm doing all right under the circumstances. Have you ever said that before? Man, under the circumstances, man, I'm, I'm doing okay. Understand this today. Circumstances were never meant for something for you to be under. It's time to get on top of them. You have a choice. Paul says, I can do everything through Christ. Not through self, not through circumstances, but through Christ. Your joy cost him everything. But it was done because he first loved you. How does Paul come to that place? Because in verse 11, he says this. I have learned in whatever situation... I'm to be content. I've learned. This word learned literally means to learn by use or practice. He says, I've walked through this. I'm not going to be satisfied in the midst of misery, but I'm going to be intentional in pressing forward. I'm going to be intentional of stepping out of this into the very presence of God where I find fullness of joy. After all, joy is not found by chance, but is gained by a continuous surrender to God. I'm going to challenge you today. This is not the life that you've meant to live. This isn't the life that you were created to be a part of. Whether this is your first time in church in years, whether you've been a Christian for 40 plus years, if this is where you're residing, it's time to step out of that. That's not where you've meant to be. The joy of the Lord. It was David in the midst of one of his struggles. He said this, restore unto me 
joy of your salvation. Restore that joy, not the joy of self, not the joy of situations, not the joy that I create, but the joy of the Lord. Lord, restore that unto me. Maybe that's the prayer that you need to pray today. Lord, take me from here. And Lord, bring me to where I need to be. The steady incline of joy with you. Would you bow your heads? Would you pray with me today? Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.